0: Well, hello everyone. This is uh, Daryl Kane with uh, the Reach and Thrive Together podcast. So, I'm so glad you're joining us today, and uh, we're really excited about just growing leadership in 2021, and really kind of uh, growing as people, growing as leaders. Uh, just looking at how we can be more motivated, how we can persevere, how we can uh, be more excited about the work we're doing, and share best practices with one another. And so my goal is to really have community leaders on. I've got a great community leader out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area today, Mike Relon. And so Mike, so great to have you today. Mike is a uh, academy coordinator and career development coordinator at Olympic High School. And so Mike, thanks so much for joining us. How's how things going today?
1: Great, Daryl. Thanks for having us today. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, share with you.
0: Cool, cool. Well, tell me a little bit about well what you do there at Olympic High School. Just give us an overview of what you do in your background.
1: Sure. So uh, I'm at Olympic High School in Charlotte. We're about the fifth largest high school in North Carolina. Olympic's uh, somewhat different than most schools in its history. It's part of the Bill and Melinda Gates small learning community uh, type of model since 06. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we've moved on a of trying to make kids who can be successful in school, in work, in life, and a much more holistic approach with regards to how our model is structured. So uh, we have five career academies at this school. They're all run by um, board of directors of industry uh, leaders and colleges. We're here to make kids career and college ready, both, uh, with regards to what we do. And so we empower them to make decisions about what should school high school be now, if we're going to better meet the needs of employers and their community and the society and the economy. So we've moved on to that direction. And that board of directors uh, derives what school should be, what it should look like. And uh, so Olympic High School uh, has about 700 business partners who have volunteered 30,000 hours and over $20 million cash and in-kind towards that uh, collaborative type of environment about what should high school look like in the 21st century. Um, So uh, Olympic high schools kind of moved in this holistic type of approach about how can we help kids better get a chance to reach their human and economic potential. So with that, uh, you know, I'm involved with how we structured uh, our career academies and moving into that direction, uh, connecting them to the community, uh, and asking those community, empowering those community uh, members, those businesses to come into our school and let's collaborate about what's cool and really empowering them. You know, nobody at nice. my high school and nobody within the school district, we don't vote on the board of directors. So uh, th- that's kind of our recipe too for success mm. is empowering uh, those community stakeholders, our customers about what school should like be like. And so if our kids are gonna reach their human and economic potential, they're gonna have to become employed by these firms, right? Mm. And so our models should be aligned with them with regards to understanding where are the gaps And how do we best help our students reach their human and economic potential and hopefully one day realize upward economic and social mobility? So uh, that's the kind of work uh, we're engaged with at Olympic High School. Uh, We're only the third high school in the history of America to have five uh, distinguished National Academy foundations, the premier career academy model in the United States. to declare that all five of our Career Academy members, because of the engagement of our community stakeholders, as well as our staff, that they have reached the lofty and rare designation as being called distinguished. Wow, and we're the so, only the third high school in the history of America over 40 years to ever accomplish that.
0: Wow, that's, that's really amazing. I didn't know that about the NAF academies. and. Uh... Yeah, I'm familiar with their work across the country and how they've impacted students uh, for many years through those academies. And I really like that you guys really have the input of business and industry to kind of help guide uh, the career pathways and the opportunities that those students can uh, you know, really pers- um, you know, pursue and go after. So um, you know, I know when I went to college, when high school, it was like, hey, go to college, get a four-year degree, figure out your career path after that. Um, But you know, I guess things are different nowadays. So maybe speak to that a little bit. Why are you passionate about doing this work? And why can't you just uh, send everybody to college and let them figure it out on their own?
1: Yeah, well, I would ask everybody, how did that work out?
0: (laughs) Right? So, um,
1: and and we're not asking that. I'm, I'm really not that smart. I'm married with kids. My kids and my wife tell me how dumb I am every day. But when Harvard, Georgetown, the Gates Foundation and other American thought leaders are saying that we need to think different. We need to look at some data, right? Mm. 50 to 70% of Americans, they either hate or dislike their job. 51% of Americans look back and regret their decisions about college. Not necessarily that they went, but about what degree they got, what field of study and what school they chose. So Daryl, you and other, Americans, they were asked when they were 17 or 18 years old, with very little context, and most most of them brainwashed in feeling there's only one pathway to success in America. And just as long as I get that degree, that's my ticket to happiness and prosperity. Well, the data contradicts that, right? America's graduating the highest numbers ever from college. And at the same time that we're graduating the highest numbers ever from college, we have the highest numbers ever of unfilled jobs in America because of the lack of proper education and skills gained by Americans to actually meet the needs and the qualifications of knowledge and skills in a 21st century uh, economy. Yet, I would ask all those Americans, right, who kind of just say, go to college. So what are we telling them differently Mm. as the adults in the room where we know the data and we know what the thought leaders are saying? Are we giving our kids, are we empowering them any differently to help them make these really critical decisions that can live with them forever, both in terms of being unhappy and regretful and then loaded down with debt. Now, a lot of people mishear me and they think I'm against going to college. No, I'm not. You know, Mm -hmm. my wife's in the next room working remotely with a PhD doing therapy. She's doing what her passion is about, right? But she knew that in order for her to be a psychologist and do therapy, she needed to get that degree. Mm-hmm. Right? And we need to help our kids identify what kind of education matters, what kind of certificates matter, right? What, what are the needs out there? Where are the voids? And, and empower our children with, and our teenagers with more accurate, real world, current data, so that they can make this decision, hopefully, leading them to happiness, prosperity in their lives as opposed to just mindlessly pursuing this degree and then when we instead of saying hey go to pay scale take a look you know do a search on what are the uh, what degrees do you get the biggest return on investment and which ones don't you mm-hmm. right make yeah. a conscious decision just don't chase any old degree that's why so many of Americans hate or dislike their job, they regret their decisions, and they leave college on average with about 42 grand in debt. And then there's the failure to launch that uh, studies show, uh, the Georgetown Center for Education in the Workforce because the millennials were so, are so stacked with debt, right? And the wrong education that they have a hard time launching their lives, right? They're, they're really not in this position because they've got all this debt service uh, to be able to buy a house. They don't have discretionary income. They're not earning as much money uh, because they got, got the wrong kind of degree. They didn't get the right kinds of skills, right? Yeah. Um, so you know the, uh, we're passionate. Uh, about the kind of work we do to help remedy this. You know, today we have an inauguration, right, that's going on today. And we've had a dramatic event on January 6th, right, that shocked all of us. Really, in some ways, it's been forecasted, Daryl, right, in the Harvard Pathways to Prosperity report. Uh, in 2013, a groundbreaking report about how do we help kids onboard pathways that of education and training and skills that actually leads them to prosperity and happiness. In its conclusion, Harvard says, quote unquote, if we don't fix this disconnect that's going on in our institutions between education and the workplace, the fabric of American society will begin to unravel. Now, I don't know if there's a better uh, optic than what we saw on January 6th, and when we have so many Americans willing, right, to gravitate towards alternative facts in an echo chamber because they want somebody to blame.
0: Yeah, people are frustrated just on their uh, career opportunities and the amount of money they can make. and. I did what the made. adults
1: told me to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, totally I went to that.
1: college. I got a degree. I got loaded down with debt. There's no opportunity really with that kind of degree. And I've got, you know, I mean, based on data, 30% of Americans, if they go to community college, a trade school, or boot camp, three to six month IT boot camp, right? And if they finish, 30% of those Americans make more money. Than the other Americans who have a four year college degree. Now, you can imagine these Americans with the four year college degrees who are earning less money over the course of their lifetime and the anger and frustration that that could foster, yeah. right? And wanting somebody to blame. And usually, you know, just as humans, looking to blame people who may not look like me.
0: Yeah, so let's dig back into some of these certificates and uh, you know, how these apprenticeships, and you mentioned a couple of really interesting things you know, that are uh, you know, alternate career paths to the four year you know, BS degree and master's PhD pipeline. And so I know that uh, just through our work with the Keenan Fellows Program, we, we really believe in industry education partnerships and to you know, connect teachers and to connect uh, school districts to industry partners uh, how does that really impact kids when you make those connections at a younger age, you know, when you're bringing in someone for an apprenticeship or you're getting someone a certificate, what does that help that young person to see, uh, you know, by getting that kind of hands-on experience?
1: Well, I think it, it provides um, a lot of great features that can foster mobility. You know, first of all, a lot of those, when we talk about formal apprenticeships, you know, what's going on as an employer is one, paying for the education paying for the skills training and putting them through a very formal program that upon completion, they're also guaranteeing them a job. And normally these are in high tech, high demand industry sectors, obviously for the companies to make that kind of investment that they're paying for their college education, they're giving them mentorship and those indirect costs that are associated with helping with the education and training of that apprentice, you know, lots of indirect costs associated with that as well. And so those employers to make that kind of investment really are vested in the overall success of that employee, mm-hmm. right? That they go through this uh, two-year, three-year, four-year type of apprenticeship so that they can be, become successful. So literally today at Olympic High School, there are high school children at our school who are doing remote learning today, sitting in front of a computer just like you and I are today. Mm-hmm. And re- they're getting paid $9 an hour, right? Wow. To learn okay. in high school, right? Because they're part of a formal apprenticeship program by these employers. And not only, and when they graduate after this year, their college is paid for as well. Wow. Right? They're getting paid to learn. And uh, so those employers though have identified and they don't start on a four-year degree program. They usually start in a two-year certificate program, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And after they complete that, they're guaranteed a job. You know, usually the average minimum, uh, minimum wage at Siemens is around, you know, when they started is about 50, 55000 right? So they've really earned a ticket into the middle class in high school. Wow. Uh, think at a school uh, like mine, that uh, where half of my kids are below the poverty level, that is an opportunity for mobility, right? Mm. And they're leaving with no college debt. Furthermore, all of those uh, schools that all those employers that we're dealing with, they provide tuition reimbursement. If after finishing their apprenticeship, they decide, oh yeah, you know, uh, I think I want to keep on going. I think I want to go ahead and get my engineering degree beyond just being a mechatronics technician. I think I want to get that degree, you know, become a full-blown engineer, or, you know, I think I want to pivot and turn. I think I want to go into sales, or I want to go into management.
0: Mm. Well, those
1: companies are going to pay for that. So there's no ceiling that's actually uh, been put into place because of this apprenticeship, right? All it does is provide students an alternative stepping stone while in high school or just after high school when they're... Uh, juniors or seniors in high school, right, that they onboard these programs. It Mm -hmm. gives them an alternative program that's going to pay for their education. Obviously, if the employer is paying for the education, they're going to make sure they're in classes that matter. Mm -hmm. They're going to make sure they're getting certificates that matter. But they're also going to say, hey, if you want to keep on moving on, uh, even beyond you, you onboard this program when you're a teenager, Right. We don't expect you really to know everything you need to know, <laughs> but we're, we are trying to provide you this space uh, because you think you like this. And, um, you know, we're moving through this program and helping you a better understand it. But we're going to train you, we're going to edu- educate you, and we're going to take on some responsibility to help mentor and coach you so you to become successful. But even if you want to move on later, we're going to continue to pay for your education uh, through our tuition reimbursement programs that we offer to our employees.
0: Sam, so, yeah, you made some great points. I'm just going to jump in real quick and just kind of this a little bit further. So. Um, you know, you think about some of the careers that are available. I mean, you mentioned Siemens. I know they're a large, uh, you know, global uh, manufacturing company and energy company. And uh, I know there's some other great companies in Charlotte that you guys are working with. But, you know, I would imagine that there's, you know, lots of different types of career fields that someone can get, you know, some of this hands-on learning, yeah. apprenticeship, <clears throat> certifications. So maybe speak to that a little bit. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, what does advanced manufacturing look like today? What are some other career fields that, uh, that kids are going into um, that are they're being successful are
1: surely uh, advanced manufacturing because of in Charlotte there are 200 German companies here, so um, but they have operations uh, for Amer- in the United States that are domiciled in Charlotte, but with the German Austrian Swiss model that believes more in providing work based learning for teens, you know and those are the con- best countries in the world of taking teenagers and transitioning them so they become happy productive components of their economies and what do they all do differently they stress work-based learning for teenagers when you go to high school in germany you have to com- uh, complete successfully two um, internships to graduate from high school mm. right they want you to start connecting your education in high school and what you're doing beyond post-secondary to an actual occupation and career. That's why Olympic does career academies. Career academies are the closest thing possible that you can get to what's going on into the German, Austrian, Swiss model. So it's done very deliberately based on research about how can we bring that kind of experience to America so Mm. more American teens as well start connecting their education to what they think they may want to do. How do we help them do exploration? How do we help them become aware? right how do we help them move to a point maybe where they're doing intentional preparation what i mean by that i uh, many americans are going to in class right now taking math and they're wanting to do well because their mom's threatening them to take their phone (laughs) away right? right i want them to do well because you know what I met that engineer at Siemens and Bosch, and they told me if I really think I want to become an engineer one day, like I think, I got a master math. I'm not doing this for my mom. I'm doing this for me, right? Mm, right. And so that self, uh, you know, uh, what you get out of it—that incentive for you personally of starting to do well—we want to hopefully move them through the ladder. And scaffold of getting to them to that point, because they've had enough awareness and exploration, they've been able to see. They heard before that uh, manufacturing was dirty, dark, dingy, and dangerous, but in our model, you know, they get to go to Siemens and they get to see, wow, they're making five hundred ton generators and turbines, and look how clean this place—you could eat off the floor, right? <laughs> but they're growing up with a myth. Right. And then they heard when they come to my school, the only way for me to be happy and prosperous when they were younger, uh, that I got to become an engineer and get that degree. Now, we're, we don't have anything against it and Siemens and Bosch. They need plenty of those, too. But they got to me. Well, gosh, really, I could be a mechatronics technician and I could still make one hundred thousand dollars just getting a mechatronics certificate from the community college. Wow, right that's amazing and so what we're in the business of doing then is expanding the pathways of prosperity so when you tell a kid that there's only one way to become happy and prosperous and that you have to go to the university by the time they come to me in high school they've already tuned out <laughs> right because you have narrowed the number of pathways of opportunity we we're trying to teach them, hey, you got to be a lifelong learner. And many of you, yeah, there are certain classes that you like in high school. There are certain classes you hate. And you don't want to have to keep on going to a lot of school after high school. Mm-hmm. But if the adults are only telling you there's one way, then you're really doing damage to the prospects of that child by limiting the pathways of opportunity and prosperity instead of, of actually expanding them. And I say, shame on us. Yeah. Right. And plus, when we know the data, right? And when I know that 30% of those Americans who go to community college and get that kind of valuable certificate, or a trade school, or a boot camp. Mm -hmm. And that when they finish, the data shows us 30% of them will make more money than the other Americans who have a four-year degree. You know, I think that we should provide them the truth. I think we should empower them with the truth. And I think we should encourage them to do a cost-benefit analysis and think it through and give them the benefits to make decisions on their own based upon facts And help them make that decision and help them do that cost-benefit analysis so they can make a decision. Now, we always stress lifelong learning for kids, right? Because especially many of them, they're dealing in tech. And what's most important to the employer, you got to know how to learn. Because the tech is constantly evolving and changing and transforming. And unless you can keep up with it and keep learning and mm-hmm. add value to my workplace, well, quite honestly, kids, you're, you're not valuable to me anymore. You know, if you come to me and just stay at that level.
0: Yeah, that's every, key, yeah, that's tech tech every employee nowadays. Up, yeah. So we right? all need to be yeah, lifelong learners. And I know in my career, I've had to keep learning different skills and new technologies and how to deal with different types of people and you know, just uh, be flexible and be uh, someone who continues to learn. So that's definitely a great point. And,
1: and just briefly, so we have apprentices in IT, computer science, okay, right? Uh, in the trades, um, you know, with what we're doing and what you're seeing. So, uh, you know, when you ask me, why, why do I love this work? Right, one, I kind of shared with you the Harvard Pathways to Prosperity and the impact it's having on America, right? Because we we haven't shared enough facts with kids to empower them to make good decisions. You know, just look at the millennial data with all of that. But, you know, also in Charlotte, there was a Berkeley Harvard study um, publicly reported five years ago that ranked the looked at the 50 largest cities in America Mm. and which ones are best. At providing uh, economic and social mobility, and who's worst? Well, most people are shocked to think when you're in Charlotte, right, a finance town, right, that and you drive around, and quite often people go, "Well, where do all the poor people live?" But you know, in Charlotte, we're ranked 50th. We are last. And if you extend the study out to 100, we're 99th out of 100. Hmm. Well. You know, uh, this really uh, caused uh, the Charlotte leaders, the, its Exodog, uh Leadership Council, to invest in a report of why Charlotte's last. And one of the top three key determinants is a lack of career and college readiness. Hmm. And when they look at that, Daryl, when they think of college readiness, it's not just because they took the right classes so they can go to NC State, it's, because they can uh, assess these options after Mm -hmm. high school that's available to them, right? They understand that's an avenue of prosperity, those apprenticeships, that all of those German company, Austrian Swiss companies in Charlotte are providing annually that most kids don't even know about.
0: Yeah, Right. Yeah, sounds like we need to get a lot more Olympic high schools across Charlotte and really across the country, if that's the possibilities. But uh, I'm glad you guys are addressing this work. And, you know, I think you guys are going to make some headway on that 50th number just by, you know, what you're doing and how you're making a difference. So, yeah, thank you, guys.
1: Well, when you talk about so that shook everybody, right? And you're seeing the company. So most of the company, what you see, American companies quite are concerned about the full German, Austrian, Swiss model of apprenticeships. Because most American companies look at that as a cost. Mm. Those companies with their culture don't look at it as a cost. They look at it as a workforce investment, Mm. right? And so that's a big difference, right? But you're seeing the American companies after this report uh, doing American hybrids. You know, companies like Red Ventures, companies like uh, Atrium. Right, Uh, other companies, uh, the Workforce Investment Network, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, uh, Ernst & Young, now providing what we call Earn While You Learn programs. That they're telling them, hey, you have a high school degree, we're gonna pay for your education after high school. We're gonna pay for your skills training. And if you successfully complete this program, well, we're gonna guarantee you a job. Right. So these, you know, based on that report I told you that they did, that's the pathway to prosperity, that these companies can look at global best practices, Mm -hmm. like you see in Germany, um, Austria and Switzerland, and we know the best practices, then it just gets into the companies trying to come up with some kind of program, even if it isn't a North Carolina Uh, approved program that's regulated, that they're structuring hybrids Mm -hmm. that still are providing um, these youth a pathway to prosperity and mobility by saying, we're going to help you with your education, with your skills training, help you get the right kinds of certificates, and then giving you a job,
0: right? And yeah, I'm glad so, you mentioned some of these companies that are kind of like in different career paths. So you talked about, you know, Bank of America and Red Ventures and, you know, some banking, some computer science. And that's exciting okay. to hear that you got a variety of companies that you're working with. And I can imagine you're, sounds like you're a busy man with uh, five career academies and one high school. Uh, so tell me, what do you do on a daily basis? Or what, what's, I know you oversee the programs, but what does that look like for you? What do what you, how do you make all this happen?
1: Well, it evolves and it has changed at the front end because we have 700 business partners and moving into this direction of wanting to foster the career academies and Mm -hmm. career academies are based upon community corporate engagement, right? Leadership about what should the career academy look like. So Mm -hmm. at the early end in 2006, that was a lot of business development, right? That's having a marketing plan. Uh, you know, and then in actually executing that plan to develop the, uh, what we have, uh, a strategic partnership program. So there are actually 700 businesses who have engaged with our school and volunteering, you know, like I said, 30,000 hours and over $20 million cashing in kind, but they don't write a check. You know, we have board of directors. What we say is what should school look like and you you employers you know where the gaps are right so let's talk about what should school look like what kind of activities do you want to see here going on at the school so that more kids become career ready that they can do career awareness can do career exploration and do preparation and when we talk about preparation too we talk a little bit about the math class right going mm-hmm. different the other thing is It's work-based learning. In Germany, you do two internships. We got to give our kids work-based learning. We got to help them connect the dots between what they're learning in class and how that might help me reach my prosperity because I think I want to do this kind of occupation one day, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So in giving those kids work-based learning and having a development plan for that, becomes key and critical with regards to providing the right kinds of opportunities and experiences for kids. So on average, Daryl, a school like Olympic who believes in our model of career academies mm-hmm. and career academies are three things. Like I said, help kids do career and in industry awareness, help them do career and in industry exploration and then help them prepare. Right, which is usually through work based learning. Mm-hmm. So, when we do those three things well, that's how you become a distinguished career academy. And that usually, on an average, uh, creates 10 to 15,000 student experiences each and every year to do that trilogy, tr- trinity of awareness, exploration, and right. preparation. Yeah, let's provide these three things for kid, teenage high school kids in the 21st century, and we're going to end up better, better with Gen Z than we did with the millennials because we're giving them more context and information to make decisions based upon who you are, what you think you like, and what kind of education do you need if you want to do that kind of job.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you, you're busy just uh, building partnerships, uh, building these uh, relationships with the companies. Uh, I would imagine you have to have a lot of buy-in from the school side as well, just from your principal and like the teachers that are teaching some of these core subjects. So, you know, how if someone was interested and say, hey, well, I know we have the business community. How do we get the education uh, supporters yeah. on, online? Too? <laughs> what, would, what would be your advice to that?
1: So you hit on one of the, so a lot of research been done at Olympic, you know, there are people all over the world in the country who come to Olympic on an ongoing basis mm. to come and sit down with us, as well as our business partners asking us, how did you do this? A book was written about Olympic or featured Olympic, I should say, and it's called What School Could Be. It's an Amazon number one best selling book. Uh, different kind of universities and, uh, you know, economic development groups, departments Mm -hmm. of education come to our school. You hit upon one of the key recipes of success. Olympic would never have been able to do this if you don't have the principal Mm buy-in, right? The the principal has to uh, prioritize and say, this is our model, right? Mm -hmm. And be comfortable. Now, think about this. We started in 06. When still the model was, what are your test scores, right? And how many of your kids are going to college? Right. Right? And having this model to say, well, we need, you know, we need to think about these different metrics, right? We need to look at some actual data, Mm -hmm. right? There's never been any research to support the idea, right? Right that if you go to college and get a degree, uh, you're going to be more prosperous and uh, have upward economic and social mobility. Hmm. There's just no data. Yeah. Right? And, and so within this, one, you're you are helping to re-educate based on data. Mm-hmm. One, you know, the leadership at your school and the teachers, right? Because in many ways, they grew up as well, thinking the, with this world view that the world is flat and the earth is the center of the universe, right? And right. relating um, post-secondary education and what is your path to prosperity and happiness, right? So you, you're going to have to provide them the research. But think about this. You know When Galileo came out with his book, what happened to Galileo?
0: Yeah, they didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, they put (laughs) them in
1: They excommunicated and and he put them in prison for the rest of their life, right? Right. And I say this just because there has to be this ongoing communications uh, program. And, you know, you have to actually provide the facts and you have to have the thought leaders in the United States providing the facts and be able to provide them the resources to the facts. And all of us are in the business that we want our kids To have a better chance, Mm -hmm. right, to become successful and happy and reach their human and economic potential. So all we're asking them to do is let's look at the facts. Let's look at what the American thought leaders, right? You know, uh, we're not trying to have blasphemy of telling kids uh, they shouldn't go to college. We're asking them to get a degree that matters. right, to do some research behind that. So when you get that degree, I'm going to ask you, what job are you going to get? How much money does that job make, right? Have you gone to pay scale and looked at the return on investment over 20 years on that degree based upon the averages?
0: Yeah, a little research can go a long way. That's very true. So yeah, one other thought I had, I know that obviously we're dealing with the COVID-19 situation where we're doing remote learning and You know, sometimes you have to kind of alter your plans as far as meeting in person, things of that nature. And uh, I'm sure you guys are pivoting and adjusting. I think I heard of a program called Career Snapshot that you guys are doing, Snapshot. And uh, so just tell me a little bit about how you guys are kind of adjusting for with this remote environment and still making these uh, types of partnerships happen.
1: Sure. So in the kind of model that we have, you know, with the career academies and wanting kids to do exploration, awareness and preparation. Mm-hmm. On average, and I think I mentioned earlier, we we produce 10 to 15,000 student experiences each mm-hmm. and every year. Well, most of that used to be done in person, mm-hmm. right, with the different types of programs we would have in place. Well, you know, we've lost that because of the, the pandemic. So this school year, we started working with some of our business partners to say, well, how are we going to replace that? So students still get the benefit of doing exploration and awareness, right? And hopefully uh, help them through this process to make good decisions about connecting their education in high school as well as post-secondary to a a job or career or cluster of careers that I I think I might be interested in. So this year, what we started on an idea called Career Snapshots. And so in the fall, uh, we started to ask folks to sit in front of their computer, which they're doing all day anyway, right? All the professionals who used to help us and say, hey, we want you to kind of uh, record this video that you used to come into our school and tell kids. But we Mm -hmm. want you to take uh, five or 10 minutes. And tell kids, hey, tell them your name, what company you work for, what industry sector, right? What kind of education and training? What is the range of wages with between uh, with that kind of career, right? What are the uh, 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 the hard technical skills and the soft essential skills, you know, that are the pathway? What kind of information do you think it's important? To help. Uh, kids start navigating their lives as they start connecting what they're doing in high school, what they're going to be doing after high school with an education standpoint, and connecting it to your kind of workplace, a modern 21st century workplace. Share with the kids, what are the high demand types of jobs at your company, right? What are the Mm -hmm. high demand types of skills? Help our kids navigate right, and become informed then as they're thinking about uh, creating toolkits for themselves and getting the right kind of education. So, you know, uh, today uh, we've collected 125 what we call career snapshot videos where practitioners uh, recorded and then uploaded it to the career snapshots website. And um, so we had a soft launch in uh, late fall and Then, um, you know, um, by the end of December, uh, just even despite just having a soft launch, we already recorded 165,000 hits at the website. And um, the people at the website viewed 40,000 pages. Now this makes sense of we got the TikTok generation, right? (laughs) They want to look at video, right? And uh, they're leaving feedback on the site you know, that they love it because it is a video, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, that they can just watch this. So, you know, we're trying to collect more and more snapshots. Uh, The kids leaving feedback, about 75 of them on the side, tell us, you know, what they want. And the primary thing they want is be able to search on more types of careers. Okay. Right. With what they're doing. And now what we're looking to do, uh, what we're building out, Daryl, is really we want to become the connector between teenagers who are doing exploration on careers and the employers who have opportunities that they wanna make sure kids know about. And that could be anything from jobs to apprenticeships, right? Mm. And these opportunities that foster upward economic and social mobility that kids can take a look at and it should be an option they consider you know, during their senior year. Uh, so what uh, been great after that mobility report that listed Charlotte as last? So many more companies now, providing opportunities that provide upward that provide the promise of upward mm-hmm. economic and social mobility. The problem they're having: how do I get this in front of ten thousand seniors within the school district? And so we're in the process uh, of centralizing, aggregating all of these types of opportunities so that teenagers can find them in one place, do a simple search okay. and find out to look at. So we're, you know, from employers, one, we're looking for them to provide more career snapshots. Two, we want you to list the kinds of opportunities that you're looking that you want kids to know about. This, yeah. uh, the opportunities they list there are full-blown North Carolina approved apprenticeships, pre-apprenticeships, mm-hmm. uh, internships, and just traditional jobs nice. Nice. That, they, that they're offering. And that could be while kids jobs, while kids are in high school, or when, you can, when you're graduating, we want you to know that there are certain jobs that we're offering here at Amazon.
0: Wow, that's a, that's a powerful uh, you know website and uh, online service. I really appreciate to learn more about that and and it's kind of funny. The pandemic has maybe even accelerated your work by giving uh, you know more opportunities and people able to connect with uh, employers or the students in an even easier way. So, you yeah, know, that's 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 awesome to hear. Though,
1: yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. So this has because of this digital contact, everything used to be done in person. Mm-hmm. Now we're able to digitize it. Centralize it, right? And it has legs way past the pandemic. Yeah. Right? It becomes a tool that really can become what we hope to be the connector. Wow. right, between uh, those 10,000 high school seniors in the school district and employers who want to make sure those kids know these opportunities and understand the v- variety of options that are available to them, especially ones that can have the promise of happiness and prosperity by providing education, training, skills, and guaranteed jobs.
0: So if an employer wanted to get in contact with you about, uh you know, kind of, Providing some of these videos. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh,
1: you can call me, call myself, 704 779 2327, right? Or, um, you know, my email's too long, uh, but you, <laughs> let me uh, give you my personal email, and it's mike, M I K E dot R E A L O N, and is a Nancy at iCloud. Dot com.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Or call me and we'll uh, send, send you the information and uh, hopefully we can help provide this service to you. If this sounds like something that could help you and your firms. But, and if, and if you're wanting to do a snapshot or just contribute a snapshot, uh, it's just uh, career-snapshotsplural.com. Uh, and on the site, Just uh, click on Snapshot Contributor, and it provides you simple, um, simple uh, step-by-step instructions. Even if you hate technology, (laughs) we we give you all the instructions, no matter what kind of device, and give you, hey, here are your talking points. Just cover this. This is what the kids want to know. And you can simply, without any preparation, Fill five or ten minutes and cover all the topics that kids want to know, uh, and then uh, the simple. Then we give simple instructions about how do you upload this to the site. So wow. uh, we try to hold your hand and provide you all the simple to use instructions, even if you're somebody like you, me who's scared of technology most of the time. Uh, of uh, simple step by step instructions.
0: Wow. Well, Mike, I really wanna appreciate just the work you're doing and uh, just sharing all the success stories and ideas. I mean, that's, what, that's really what I wanna do is just, how can we learn from each other? How can we share best practices? Um, you know, there's some amazing work happening in Charlotte, Charlotte public schools and you know, because of people like you, people like uh, yourself and others that are the business partners, the teachers, the principals, uh, you guys are making a difference in people's lives. So I'll just keep it up. Any last things you want to share with the group here before we uh, sign off? No, just uh,
1: as you said, though, it takes a village. And you know, I'm not the one just doing this work. Uh, it's like uh, We have to find all those like-minded people and share those best practices. As we see, you know, like more and more of these opportunities in our community that are providing a pathway to uh, economic and social mobility. Uh, so you know we have to kind of keep on sharing that message and sharing those practices and helping more and more companies provide those opportunities to kids and hopefully at the same time uh, simultaneously expanding their talent pool uh, that they're developing for their firms.
0: Yeah, so you're meeting two needs. You're helping the companies with their talent pipeline, and then you're helping students and families and parents with a long-term careers. So that's a that's a win-win. So that's win-win-win all the way around, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well, I appreciate the time today. I'll even put your contact information in the chat uh, for the recording and uh, let's definitely stay in touch and let's figure out more ways we can partner together in the future.
1: Great, thanks for the opportunity to share what we're doing and I'll put my contact information in the chat. Okay. As you asked and uh, I appreciate uh, this
0: opportunity. All right, man, it was good chatting with you today. We'll stay in touch.